Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coronation.com, a member of the Jittery Monkey Podcast family, and of course, uh, newly added to the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahochko, joined, as always, by the other two legs of the tripod, Hoss Reuter, John Dam Johnston. Gentlemen, welcome back. Good to talk with you again. Good to reconvene. John, are you as uh, crotchety as ever? It's great to be here. Yep. You are in, in indeed crotchety as ever. Uh, we're joined. Uh, I don't get that much more enthused than that. What do you want from me, you fucking <laughs> shit bag? That's oh, it, so, There we have it. That's it, then. <laughs> Damn kids these days. I feel like I put the worm on the hook, cast it out there, and I caught the caught the one that's going on the wall. Uh, we are very fortunate to be joined by one of our coordination uh, uh, co-contributors, and uh, we're excited. It's an hour ahead for him because he's in the Eastern time zone. Uh, but Keith, Ye- yeah, Yapel. I, got, oh, I almost said it wrong, and I just asked you two minutes ago how to pronounce it. Keith Yapel is, uh, is joining us. Keith, welcome. Your uh, debut, believe it or not. We've been trying to get you on the Five Heart Podcast for a while, and, and uh, it, it took an executive order from John to make it happen. But welcome to the show. Oh, you know... Uh... I got a Skype request from you for, like, last year, so, mm-hmm. you know, 12 months, you know, shit. I'll be alive for at least another so many more, 100 months or so, at least. Well, you know? yeah, I said that once, too. We uh, we, yeah. we we wanted to get you up because uh, you're very active uh, at Coronation this time of year, and uh, you do cover a lot of Nebraska baseball, which we're going to talk about. Uh, so that's probably why I sent the uh, – the message or the uh, contact request to you uh, last year. I, I remember it was March of 2018. Uh, but last year baseball, that was sad. Well, you know, it, it, we'll, we'll get Fires. there. We'll get there. Uh, but I also tried reaching out to you last off season while Haas and I were doing our coordination uh, Q and A's with, with uh, various uh you know, coronation contributors. So guess how we're starting? You're not avoiding it. We're just delayed it for several months. So guess how we're starting this week's episode? We're going to play Get to Know Keith. Keith, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth? I guess. Why not? All right. You, you don't have any warrants out for your arrest, do you? Uh, don't no. answer that. Don't answer that. You're not obliged to answer that. All right, looks like we have a defense attorney in the courtroom today. Sons of bitches never asked me that question. I just go, mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, Not as far as you know. So so here's the thing. Uh, Haas probably doesn't have the list of questions anymore, and John doesn't remember him because John doesn't remember shit. Uh, he can tell you where he was on June 6th of 1843, but he can't tell you what Husker-related questions we asked everybody last summer. So... I'm going to ask the questions. If if John and Haas, you know, want to, you know, 
interject or, or go off on a tangent uh, in asking you a question, Keith, they're more than welcome to. But uh, just a few questions kind of about your, 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 your basic huskerness, if that makes any sense. Before we get started, I would just like to make a comment that Robbie Pockert's pitching the seventh inning, and I'm about to shit my pants. He didn't give up at least three runs in this inning. He hasn't given up a run for five innings in a row. It's about we'll time. Be, we'll be fine. We're going to win. We're going to win this game. Okay, move on. Okay. Uh, all right, Keith, so are you a Nebraska native? Uh, I was born there. Does that count? I don't remember living there. Well, on the birth certificate, it counts. Well, I mean, I mean the, yeah. we can we can go on to so Lincoln if you or Omaha. the the birth certificate reads off at Air Force Base, and then uh, the military brat had to go move to Chicago. Supposedly, uh-huh. maybe uh, Nebraska did not have enough water for the Navy. Yeah, I mean, it's a common... so really, if it comes down to it, we don't even know if you're human. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, yeah. I could metal and you would have no idea yeah the lizard people okay well you know what chicago is a hell of a town yeah it's a town it's just where you like to get your pizza from what depends where you like to get your pizza from can we start doing food reviews uh we're not we're We're not jan hopping we're gonna do those in june i'm not doing one uh, can can I do a sole review on uh, Raising Cane's and how it's the best food of Nebraska? No. That's Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Next question. Are you a lifelong Husker fan? Uh, so, I would say no. Um, I grew up uh, living basically from grade school. Uh, on I lived in Michigan and when I was in elementary school I thought Michigan was the coolest thing in the world this is back when they had like Chad Henney uh, Steve Breston Mike Hart and when they lost the Appalachian State uh, which is now hilarious and I watch it at least once a year uh, to watch Armani Edwards absolutely destroy Michigan defense Um, but now uh, about 7th grade was when I'm like wow everyone likes Michigan wow Michigan's not really that good. And I would say the turning point would have been, uh, was it the 05 Alamo Bowl? Oh. Where uh, Nebraska played Michigan? Yep. And, Ross. and uh, they had, uh, Nebraska had the lead with, with like seven seconds to go. And uh, it, it almost was Stanford-esque as in uh, Chad Henning, I think, was the quarterback at the time. And he completed a pass. And they lateraled it about four times. And this tight end, his name's Tyler Eckert, running down the sideline for Michigan. And uh, I forget who tackled him at, like, the 20-yard line. Titus Brothers. And Mike Tirico's going insane, uh, basically saying, like, how is there not a flag because everyone's on the damn field? You know? But uh, then, then I was like, you know, being a Michigan fan, nothing special. They kind of just suck you know they were a uh, perpetual disappointment and so uh you know i was born in nebraska and i'm like hmm nebraska their fans actually seem to care and don't shop at walmart for all their gear so you know <laughs> let's do it. walmart wolverines you know their finest point of, 
of being a Michigan fan. You see them line up at Walmart every time they put the Michigan gear out, and they just flock to buy it. Oh, my God, Keith, I think we're best best friends. Oh, my God, clearly you've never been to Lexington, but we'll move on. No, no, seriously, like, the dichotomy of the college football fan who buys their gear at Walmart and, like, like just spend the extra. Like, polos there are, like, 22 bucks. So do you want a polo from Walmart that has, like, the new weird Herbie Husker logo on it? Or do you want to go to Husker Hounds and you buy a T-shirt but it'll be an Adidas one. You'll spend $3 more. You know, you could be okay, the worst person on earth. Husker. You don't buy Walmart Husker gear. You're still better than the person who does. If you buy a $25 Adidas t-shirt, let me know where that is. Cause I want to get on that action. Husker hounds, man. Cause everything, the only place. So I haven't been to Nebraska in God, the last time I was in Nebraska was for a wedding and we don't want to talk about it. Um, but it's the last time it was like wildly expensive. And I just remember it being, you know, of course, I also remember where they had the uh, bookstore uh, that was right by the stadium that was open all day. And I think that's no longer a thing. Or yeah, is that still that one closed? <sighs> Disappointment. There's a there's a there's a Husker store in PBA, I believe, that's open all the time. Yeah. But, you know, when you were on campus all day, uh when you're on campus all day, by the way, Robbie Parker just had another scoreless inning. Amazing. Miracles do happen. ERA probably dropped another five runs. Um, <laughs> but when you're on campus all day, it's easy to go over to the stadium. It's not easy to go over to PBA. No, Unless you have a ton of money and you go live down in the rail yard, you know. But that, that is what I was poor. I lived in the North Bottoms. I was broke. I also obviously went to school at UNL, and that's where like my main like Husker fandom comes from. Well, we're gonna grant you native Nebraskan status. Sure, I've been to most of the small towns of Nebraska. Uh, we had a big thing about storm chasing. I started out in meteorology out there, and so like we would go drive through the most random towns, uh, and we would go chase tornadoes. Or we would think that we were going to go chase tornadoes and just go out there and drive and nothing would happen. And you just go and waste 50 bucks in gas. Um, three times. Can't tell you how many times I've been to places like Norton, Kansas. Way, way far boring ass Kansas. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, north places like uh, West Point. Uh, places like uh, Ord. I mean... I've never even like been to places that have three people that live in them until going to Nebraska. <laughs> yep. All of those unincorporated towns. Yeah, those ones. The ones where they probably collect like all these re- weird random taxes and uh, they go to only one person, the only resident in that town. All right, Keith. So what's your favorite all-time Husker football game? Uh, probably, so, uh, my dad went to, uh, UNL when he was in the military. Uh, he got some mass, what'd he get? Some, I don't know, some secondary degree bullshit. He has too many degrees to list. Um, but, so he came for when, uh, Ron Kellogg threw the Hail Mary in the end zone against Northwestern. Uh, 
So that's probably the best like memory game. Um, also up there, uh, I guess uh, probably in the top three would probably be uh, No Sit Sunday. That was the first basketball game that my fiance ever came to. She asked me how many points a basket was worth. Uh, and also asked me why there were so many uh, whistles. Uh, oh, my. And, and then this what year. What the hell did she do at Purdue? She makes drugs. <laughs> okay. Well, there's. Oh, well, I guess somebody has to, you know. I was going to say she engineers things. It sounds like I wasn't too far off. Uh, she's getting a PhD in molecular pharmacology and medicinal, uh, not medicinal marijuana. That's almost what I said. Um, molecular chemistry and medicinal pharmacology, that one. Uh, so yeah, basically, uh, she cures cancer. Well, let's okay. hope so. That, that degree title just makes my head hurt. Oh, and then of course, you know, it's a PhD in that, you know, which, Woo-hoo. But <laughs> you know, I was uh, my college days. I was in into molecular pharmacology. I thought you, you were going to say you were a doing... lot of medicinal drug testing as well. Yeah, sure. Yep. Yeah, I've been around for yeah. a while. Yeah. You got to. You know, John, how was it being at Flanders Field in World War One? Well, I made it out of there, and that's more than a lot of other guys can say. That's true. That's true. No, she she's currently working on about fourteen different projects, and she works like sixty hours a week, and hopefully she'll finish sooner rather than later. We're supposed to get married next year. Oh, I've only well, congratulations. Like, I've only been engaged for three no two years. We're we're coming up on year three, so. Meanwhile, we've had friends who have been engaged for three weeks and then done the ceremony and got married. I'm not sure how you plan a wedding in three weeks. If you're smart, you don't. I'm guessing that uh, guy's got a shotgun pointed at you. You can do a shitload of stuff in three weeks. So the people I know that got married in three weeks both are police officers, which is hilarious. Well... I don't think there's any wrong way to do that. I mean, I probably was engaged to my wife for, uh, God, it's an old person joke. I don't know, 70 years. <laughs> and we were, you know, we just decided we'd get married. We just never had money for anything. So, you know, pay. you got to pay for a wedding. You got to buy a ring. Oh, I mean, you know, aren't, aren't you going to ask me who your podcast needs to be sponsored by? I have a new sponsor for your podcast. Do you? Blue shoes. I, I mean, uh, I, I, I'm not opposed to new sponsors. What do you got? Uh, how about not the pretzels? You cut out there. What'd you say? Have you ever had dots pretzels? Dots pretzels. No. Dodge pretzels. You've never oh. had dots pretzels. I have. I have the. I have them. In fact, we we've uh, they're sold at an Ace Hardware. Uh, in my town, and, and they're not bad. My son likes them. Is this like uh, Lou Dobbs pretzels? No, Dots. D-O-T apostrophe oh, S. Homestyle pretzels. Uh, not a, you know, not kind of a pretzel guy, really. Well, first of all, you're missing out. Okay. And secondly, they're good. Okay. I, I stand corrected. 
and they are. Let's see. You the can go pride to Pride of North. That's right. Yeah, they're they're in the, the Dakotas. Uh, uh it, oh, they make all my pretzels in uh, Kansas. Well, even though, you know, I buy them by the semi truck load, along with uh, where their second biggest customer behind High V. This sounds like uh, you have have like some kind of bizarre addiction. No. No, Amazon has an addiction to them. Okay. So if we go to Amazon and we get Dots pretzels, we're supporting you to get married sometime in the next three or four years. That's right. You know, as of today, just on today, we've had 1,704 people support us. Holy Uh, shit. Ironically... uh, Here's how this works normally. When we, you do a sponsorship, we get paid for something, right? I think I think John's I think, trying to work his way into some free pretzels. Oh, what? Do you need a box? I can send you a box. <laughs> yes, just, is, it a, is that a big box? I mean, it's 30 pounds. That's a, yeah, okay. Send me a box of pretzels, damn it. Yeah, I'm sure you got like a... If you got a truckload of pretzels, send me the 30 pounds of pretzels because I've really never seen 30 yeah. pounds of pretzels uh, all at once. Truckload is like usually about 26,000 pounds. That's that's so, yeah, that's not far off. Yeah, 30, <laughs> nothing. I mean, okay. You will literally be having the best three years of pretzels of your life, John. <laughs> You know what? You if you send them to me, I will turn like half the town of Chaska into <laughs> Dots Pretzels fans, and they will they will you will go to the Caribbean for your honeymoon. You're probably already going to do that anyway. I don't know. Hoss, just think I about mean, how popular he's going to be with those winos in the back alley. Hey, you know <laughs> they might switch to beer drinkers. Nothing goes better with beer than pretzels. And I'll tell you what, Dots Homestyle Pretzels go really good with a nice, cold, crisp American lager. <laughs> I was thinking something that didn't taste like this. Okay, Mr. Budweiser in Anheuser Busch country. No, yeah, but I don't drink that. Come on now. I thought oh, yeah, I thought you had a little good. I thought you had a little bit more that's faith right. in me than that. That's right. You're bougie when it comes to beer. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm a little highbrow. Uh, uh, bougie? bougie. Okay, what? Bougie okay. Is bourgeois. All right, we we've got just a couple more questions for Keith before we can uh uh stop talking so much about him and, and more get his opinions and, and such on things. Um, you, you mentioned some of, some of the, like the, the big games and things that you've been to, but do you have an all time favorite Husker? Do I really have an all time favorite Husker? Well, that's the question I um, asked. Yeah. Honestly, probably not. Um, you know, I didn't really have, uh, a real big, uh, attraction like as a kid like when sue was doing what sue was doing uh i was young still young as in high school uh but i mean was amir cool yeah but was there anything special there like there was no special feelings there or anything like that no tingle i mean no no tingly the the closest thing i can get is when there's someone that's like lives near where i live and then they go and do something special, like 
this will sound weird, but if Spencer Schwellenbach becomes like an All American, like that would be someone that I would like remember, um, because he grew up uh, living like twenty minutes from my grandma. Uh, by the way, Nebraska's taking a lead. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna yell that. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, as Henwood scored on a bang bang play at the plate. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it's mainly people that like I grew up around, and not growing up in Nebraska. It's like I didn't know like people like some people say the Rolfson twins were like their idols for volleyball or things like that. And it's like really I had no one like that. So I mean, there's no real special single person. Okay, that, that's 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 a perfectly accept. We accept that answer, and are ready to ask you our final in the Q and A portion of the show. Oh our, God! No, this is this one's easy. Has actually. John ever drunk texted you <clears throat> to a? That's not it. But it does involve John, at least uh, in a small part. The question is, Keith, how did you start writing for Coronation? God, that's a good question. It is. I, think, I don't remember. <laughs> I think I sent John an email. Like, back when we did everything via email, holy shit, would would my email just be blown up by John? And uh, John, John would be like, here, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. Before we got Slack, I mean, a good 55% of my email inbox was John. <laughs> And and I wasn't even subscribed to, like, the media list from, like, the school. It literally was just John. And now, like, today, like, the, on the media list, it's, like, 14 things about men's and women's tennis. And it's, like, okay, not to be rude to tennis, but we're not exactly a tennis school. I mean, and and I can't imagine, like, you need a whole separate email just to deal with John and, like, release this <laughs> from the university. I get releases from all the Big Ten schools. Oh, God. R.I.P. your email. You know what? You just, do you want to do the job? Do you want to have a good site? Do you want to have things that people come and enjoy? You got to put the time in. There's no, uh, I don't know, what's the, you know, a business guy would say. There's no substitute for hard work. Here, Here's the real question, John. Yeah. That's the president. Do you have the the password for all the stats of the Big Ten schools? <laughs> you know, some of them change, and you I should start Rose writing Bulls. them down because they they do actually change those. And uh, that by, I need to be I, that is one thing I do need to improve upon. Not that anyone particularly cares, but there are some really dumb ones out there, and I think the dumbest one I've ever seen has been uh, it's not a Big Ten school. It's Oregon. Oregon's password for their stats, like if you want their live stats for football, their password is Oregon. Like, yeah, they're not—they're most, mostly not very difficult. Might as well just be password. I mean, come on, you. I, on a, I don't mean to be rude to sports writers, but let's let's think of like guys in okay my age that aren't IT people doing like going trying to log into a web browser. You're not going to go. Yeah, it's uh, the Avengers Infinity War, Infinity Wars, numerified, with punctuation marks between each, you know, each word. Wow, I'm stumbling on tonight. You know what I mean? You're not going to have passwords to these people. 
John stumbling? I would never expect that. Well, damn it. The winos. Also, why does uh, Omaha not have uh, live stats? We're a okay. They're a We're secondary a low school. major division one. Yeah. School, all right, with Trev Alberts in charge. They're a tiny school. Let me just point out that Omaha has a hockey team and Nebraska doesn't, and that is a damn shame. Let me no, tell you what's a damn shame. Nebraska. Keith, every day are, I park my car in the east garage to go into the College of Education for class, and I have to look out at what was once a football field and is now a soccer pitch. And like the commercials with the Native American about litter back in the 70s, hey, one single tear no. rolls down my cheek. Nebraska 7, Omaha 4. All and right, good, good. good. Not, not we're Trev Alberts, please bring back okay. UNO football. There would be uh, no I'll take we the job site unseen. You know what? We can only have one hockey team in the state. I think that was agreed upon. You know, by somebody somewhere. I feel okay. like there there's a, a, a short memory because Nebraska has a hockey team. We've talked with one of their assistant coaches a couple of times now. Shout out to Reed Fuller. Yeah, discourse banquet in the process. We discourse banquet every opportunity we get. Uh, you know what, you know what, Greg? I'm gonna send you a case of Coors Banquet for Christmas. I I had one. Remember on your epic comeback, uh, you know, a month ago when you got done with your and, uh, practicum, and I I lived to tell the tale. And you but liked it. No, it, I felt a little. I felt bad about myself. You, you liked it. I felt bad. And well, I, I didn't feel good the next morning. Is is Hoss going to dinner with me? When are you going to be in town? Uh, I believe it's like May 23rd through the 26th. Check the schedule. You know what? I'm open. Let's go to Oscars. Oscars it is. The Best real question. you'll ever have. Uh, sorry, it's the uh, 22nd through the 26th. Yep, works for me. Well, will the fearless leader be there? You never responded to my uh, message today. John. You sent me it. What? There what? was, you know what? It here's how life works. I have a lot of customers, and they all, I go, swear to God, they all call each other and blow shit up all at once. They, they <laughs> literally just go, "Well, let's blow everything up," and let's also have conference calls at the same time. This guy's nagging at him with a text message, and then this person is saying this and that, and that's how it goes. And I just, you know. I don't have a great memory. I don't. Everybody knows that. Listen to the podcast. But uh, who sent me a message about what and why? What do you want? Uh, I asked you if you're going to the Big Ten baseball tournament, Omaha. I don't know. I don't know. We'll Uh, talk about that offline. Let's talk about baseball. Well, before we do that, we're going to sell some bacon. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. I thought we were selling Dots pretzels. The euphemism. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a euphemism. We've got more euphemisms and innuendos later to come. Oh, my God. I thought they were just actual pretzels, not a euphemism. No, no, no. The the Dots homestyle pretzels are pretzels, but we've got innuendos and innuendos later to come. But we'll take a timeout. We're going to talk some baseball with Keith Yapel right after this on the Five Heart Podcast. Welcome back to the Five Heart Podcast. Greg Mahochko, Hoss Reuter, John Dam Johnston, who is uh, stepped away, but he'll be back in a few minutes. Joined by CornNation.com contributor Keith Yabel. We're talking a little baseball, which is a unique experience because 
The Husker baseball team is in action right now. We are following along the game on Twitter. And at the moment, the Huskers lead uh, the UNO Mavericks 7-4, to four, two outs in the 8th. Eight. Eight. Eight, eight to four. Eight to see. That's what happened. I did not hit refresh. My mistake. Uh, so, Keith, it, it's a real unique opportunity for us uh, to be able to, you know, get this live uh, in-game reaction and analysis for me. But, uh, you know, as, as we're tracking tonight's game, talk to us a little bit about how uh, Nebraska baseball has been on the season because it seems like a little streaky, a little hit and miss, but Overall, especially maybe in Big Ten play, not the worst team in the conference, which, I mean, has got to be better than the alternative? I mean, well, it's much better than being in uh, 10th place in the Big Ten, uh, missing your tournament, uh, thinking that your pitching coach should be fired because half your pitchers have Tommy John surgery. You know, they started out the year strong. They got to play UC Riverside. Uh, there's a bit of a angel connection there with uh, Troy Percival, who's the head coach. Uh, his son actually was supposed to be their Friday night starter. Uh, he had an injury this year, and now uh, still don't know if he's back, but Nebraska goes and takes three of four from UC Riverside. They're currently sitting at uh, RPI of 197 right now. Not uh, great for the schedule, but it's road game, so that works. Then they go to Oregon State in surprise, Arizona, and uh, they pretty much get, uh, yeah, we're not even going to talk about that. Four games, none of them went well, uh, including a 17-1 to schlacking. Uh, that was lovely. Uh, but then they're also still trying to figure out starting pitching at that point. I mean, remember uh, Lundsman started a game. Uh, I mean, Fisher started a game, and that didn't go great. But uh, they also had, uh, you know, just not great outings out of the bullpen. You're figuring out what roles guys are playing. Then they go down to the Frisco Classic. They beat Texas Tech. That's when you think they might be good uh, or, you know, not good, but serviceable at least, taking uh, a game against that number three-ranked Texas Tech. And then they lose to Sam Houston State. Uh, and then, you know, the weather just was awful in Nebraska. Uh, they, also, they lost the game against Mississippi State, lost the game against Omaha and North Dakota State. And by lost, I mean they didn't play them because of the weather. Uh, home series against Baylor down to Waco. Uh, take two out of three down there, and that goes pretty well. And then they get into a bit of a lighter in their schedule. You know, they got to play Michigan State. Um, Michigan State's not a baseball school. That's all we'll say. Uh, they, haven't they, played, been, they haven't been this bad. Uh, they haven't been good. I mean, the only time I remember Michigan State is when, uh, we had to go play in the Big Ten tournament up in Minnesota, and uh, they were they, serviceable. But, I mean, they've never been a team that threatens to make uh, make the NCAA tournament. And now they're sitting at 8-25 and 25 on the year. Uh, and then, you know, they went at Creighton in the midweek game. Creighton's RPI is 19. I don't know how their RPI is 19. They're about to get in their meat of their biggie schedule. And their RPIs should pretty much plummet uh, when they play some really weak teams coming up. Uh, and then Nebraska got two sweeps of uh, Purdue. Uh, Purdue's a team where, uh, you know, they made a regional last year. Uh, they lost a lot from that offense. And uh, Purdue and Penn State both teams that struggle on offense mightily. They both bat about 230. And 
unfortunately for Purdue, they just don't have the arms this year. And, uh, I mean, they got outscored 39 to nine. Uh, then they lose mid Nebraska started out four and in midweek games. And then they, uh, drop one to Creighton last week. Uh, not even close. Last night was uninspired. Wait, 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 wait a minute. They lost the game in which Fred Hoiberg threw out the first pitch. That was a great pitch, by the way. Yeah, well, maybe that's because Nebraska men's basketball is cursed, and it curses everything that touches it. <laughs> well, didn't Scott Frost attend a basketball game? No, oh, I feel like thanks for bringing that up. Game. Oh, Scott don't. Frost has only won four games as a head coach at Nebraska, so I don't know if that's Wait, yeah. What about Frost in a basketball game? <laughs> I was doing. You something. were chugging a beer, weren't you? No, I was looking over some homework. Let's do at midnight. Holy crap, dude! What what subject? Is it economics? We can always do it live. No, unfortunately, I have to make a website for my final project in my literacy and learning class. That sounds like a bunch of bullshit. Oh, dude, I'm technologically illiterate, so it's very difficult. <laughs> Go to Squarespace. Another I'm non-sponsor. Hmm? I'm using Wix. It's awful. Hmm. <laughs> well, there actually, went them. Wait, there went them as a sponsor. There went Wix as a sponsor. Thanks a lot. <laughs> All I have to recommend is you find a Filipino to do it for about $3 an hour. And they will do anything you ask for them if you pay them five. Let me check the budget. Yeah, I think I have enough money in the budget. Unfortunately, it's past midnight in the Philippines. Oh, okay, okay. We lost. Uh, we lost ten to one to Creighton because Fred Hoiberg threw out the first pitch. Also, because Creighton only made six pitching changes, short of the required ten. <laughs> And then uh, Kansas State, right? No, we lost to Creighton. Then who we get last weekend? We got Penn State, right? Yeah, we got Penn State. We swept them. Uh, close series on the road. I mean, honestly, I don't see how they're 1-10 in conference. And uh, then out of conference, they're 16 and, uh, what they be, 16-7? and seven? Like, I, I don't get it. You know? By the way, Shea Shanneman has given up his first earned run of the season. Just gave up a home run to Thomas DeBonville whoever the hell that is. Uh, so it's eight to five. Now uh, Robbie Pockert extends his scoreless inning streak to six. Amazingly. Uh, maybe we should make him a starting pitch. Hey, we're coming around. They're coming around. We have to find closers. We got a closer Colby Gomez. He just throws fastballs and throws about two or three curveballs and outing. And it's great. Right. We need you know, how far do you want us to go? I would love for Nebraska to get back to the College World Series. Okay, Lundsman needs to come back to us. So Lundsman pitched. Uh, Lundsman started. Uh, did he start last night? Yeah, he started last night where he was throwing balls to the uh, backstop uh, because he had a bit of a, a finger issue and uh, his mechanics have not been good at all. Um, you know, ever since the Tommy John surgery that he had, I feel like it's just been a bit of a struggle for him to come back. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of is like, we've had several pitchers, it seems where 
you know, it takes time for them to get their mechanics out and write, and you just hope that they figure it out. I mean, names that come to mind. I remember Kyle Kubat. Kyle Kubat was great, then had a moment where he just was trash. And then he came back around at the end of uh, the season and uh, started pitching well again. Last I knew, Kyle Kubat was in the White Sox uh, AAA team. Uh, but I feel like Kyle Kubat's like 28. He's got to be older than I am. I mean, shit. Yeah. yeah. He graduated in, what, 2015? Uh, I oh. want to say he, he was the one that uh, gave up that Michigan State bomb over the right field wall at Target Field or at uh, Minnesota. At uh, yeah, on, or, the Twins Field. What's the name of the Twins Field? Target Field, right? Or we can talk about how Tanner Lubuck uh, destroyed Indiana at that field uh, yeah. with a home run. Well, he was pitching against Kyle Schwarber. Uh, oh, oh, we don't want to. You're talking Indiana, right? No, in the Michigan State also. That that was, if I remember right, you know, I might be getting my years jumbled up. But uh, because I was there, I was standing next to the dugout when that shot went over the right field wall. And I think that was the end of our season against Michigan State. No, you're thinking uh, Schwarber played for Indiana. Right. But, Schwar- but you brought up both Indiana earlier. We were talking about Michigan State. I know that Schwarber played for Indiana. But when you watch Kyle Schwarber play for Indiana, I mean, he was like a walking. He was like Thor. It literally was like I'm watching an Avengers movie. You clearly were watching a person who was at a completely different level than everyone else in that park. It was terrifying. Hoss Reuter played baseball. Yes. If if Hoss Reuter played baseball, he'd probably drink himself to death because it's a cruel game. And chew a lot of tobacco. It's one of those things where, you know, Nebraska supports – all their sports well. I mean, people will come out and watch soccer, which nothing against soccer, but I find that sport to be insanely boring. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you kick a ball around and woohoo, we got a goal. Like, you don't even understand how it gets there. And it's just a miracle. We don't even have a boys team. That's how much soccer sucks in Nebraska. I'll say this. I'll say this for soccer. The, the soccer that I watch is, you know, U.S. World Cup soccer. And it's you know, half of a, a match you know, the, every four years that it's on. But I'll say this about soccer. No commercials. Can't say that about football. That's all I'm saying. This is true. I mean, the best thing to me, um, the, the most special moment probably outside of, like, football and basketball was when, uh, I think it was 2015, when Nebraska made that run to the Big Ten Championship in baseball up in Omaha, you you see that five to 7,000 people would come to Hawks Field and they had a home game. And you see everyone else, I mean, people at Maryland, 300 people go to a Maryland baseball game. That's how much they don't care. And Maryland was good. And, I mean, even the, like, best teams, like, attendance-wise, would be, like, Ohio State or Indiana, and they would maybe draw 3,000 on a Friday night. Uh, for a uh, good uh, a good team. And then you get Nebraska, their first game they played Ohio State and they had to have a miracle comeback, uh, and they drew 10,000 fans. Uh, their next game they played Michigan State at night at 8 o'clock, and that drew like 12,000. 
And then uh, they had to play Michigan at 9 a.m. in the morning. Terrible time. And still they had another 12,000 there. And then they get to the championship against Indiana and the floodgates opened. That, what is it? The the MEAC or whatever, whoever runs the field had no idea what to do. They had blocked off all the all of the outfield. And they're like, oh shit. And then like they didn't have enough people working. They didn't have enough parking lots. They were just floored at all those people that were coming. I think it was like 21,400 ended up showing up. And I remember sitting in the right field bleachers and Nebraska was down like three to one to Indiana, who was just going to be a wrecking ball. I think they went, uh, they got to super regionals that year and ended up losing. But I forget who it was. It might've been Michael Pritchard. He hit a ground ball, tailor made double play. And it went right underneath the legs of uh, the second baseman and tied up the game. And you would swear that it was like magic was happening and you had no idea what was happening. And Nebraska was going to win. And Nebraska was going to do these magical things. Well, nope. Kyle Schwarber had other ideas as he uh, took a three-run home run to right field, uh, which I still don't think has landed. And that's when I kind of became a Kyle Schwarber fan. You know, that guy could hit a ball. That's all I can say. And I was just going to say, that- I was just going to say, doesn't that really prove that Kyle Schwarber's a dick? You know, I don't think Kyle should player hate the game. No, that's fine. I, I, I choose to hate both. I mean, maybe I, it's I just because different. he was a cub, and as a cub, he was a cardinal killer. Um, I, I'm just not a fan. What do you think of Christian Yelich? Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> no, no here, here's, here, here's the thing about that. My frustration is less with Christian, uh, Christian Yelich and more with the pitching staff that doesn't just give him an automatic pass every time. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to throw one pitch anywhere near because the 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 guy is more locked in now than I think I've ever seen anybody be locked in. Um, no, just just don't even throw to him. Throw be throw behind him, but comically so, like not in a way that you're trying to show him up or anything like that. Just be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna pitch. Oh, it went into the dugout. You know, I don't care. Just don't throw the ball anywhere near home plate when he's at, you know, in the batter's box, period. I, I said, mean, I said my piece. We could also talk Man. about, I don't know if anyone saw today, there's a little dust up uh, between the White Sox I did and uh, the Royals. I saw it. That That is just, you get mad because a guy throws his bat after he homers. I mean, and your thought is to beat him in the back? I, I don't get the medieval thinking behind some baseball sometimes. See, that's the one thing I do like about baseball. <laughs> you, you send one of theirs, they send one of yours to the hospital, you send six of theirs to the morgue. <laughs> it's, it's like playing Grand Theft Auto in sports. Yeah. You know, just what every kid needs to play in life. I, Absolutely. I'm a believer that we should teach driver's education by just letting children play Grand Theft Auto and see what happens. Uh, horrible idea. Same strategy, it Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. Don't don't like that I'm, one at all. Okay, steering and, things back to Nebraska baseball. Why would you do that? I don't know. Uh, 
I'd like to point out that he, Keith has brought up the attendance stuff. And, and you know, I, I see these comments on social media about, you know, Darren Erstad couldn't keep this kid in Lincoln from going to Texas A&M. And I want to point out, if you're a kid in Lincoln, Nebraska, that got recruited for, by SEC school to play baseball, what are you going to do? Are you going to go play in 35-degree weather in, at Iowa? Or are you going to go to Texas A&M where you're going to play in front of complete maniac crowds at LSU. You know, I mean, that's not even a choice. It's literally not even a choice unless you're some kind of belligerent moron. You know, people bring up when well, Nebraska has crowds, Nebraska has facilities, Nebraska has to go play at what are basically the equivalent of community parks in the big 10 in really shitty weather. Mm-hmm. So here, here's the fun fact, Nebraska. So, Penn State's park, nice. It's a minor league stadium. Uh, it's a nice park. Uh, I I visited Penn State uh, when I was thinking about going there for my undergrad, and it's a nice park. Um, however, now there's about three parks I can think of specifically that need to be shit on, uh, in no order. Uh, Northwestern, I'm pretty sure uh, our radio guys have to set up a six foot table outside. And they have to, if it rains, have umbrellas over their equipment uh, to do their broadcast. I think, didn't they upgrade? uh, They may have, you know, I think they probably, I think now that you're talking about it, they did upgrade a little bit. But they had $52 million. That was the least they could damn do in their sport. (laughs) (laughs) I know that they've, they they did upgrade. They did upgrade some of their baseball stuff, but. Uh, before that it was a, it literally was a community park. And by that, I was being kind to community parks. Um, um I mean, I know, uh, Maryland was, was the only one that, Western. Maryland was the one that wasn't great and neither was, uh, Rutgers. Um, it, it is one of those things where, you know, it's sad that they don't have, a give a damn, you know, uh, even even schools now with all this money, they've really seen put an effort. Uh, Iowa, I know, has put a lot of money into their park, uh, and it shows. I mean, Iowa used to be kind of the doormat of whatever uh, you want to call it, the Big Ten. Uh, oh, I thought still- you meant everything when you said whatever. Yeah. I thought everything. I mean, Iowa is pretty much the doormat of life. Um, Minnesota built a new park. Yeah, Minnesota built a new park. Um, then we also have uh, Indiana has a nice park. Uh, Michigan has a nice park. Michigan State finally added lights for the first time in 137 years of playing baseball this year. Uh, they were in a rain delay against Eastern Michigan tonight. So now they're playing baseball at 1036 at night. What better thing could you be doing uh, besides losing another game at midnight? Um, but these people are making efforts. Uh, it's just something that, uh, you know, people at Walmart really don't care about baseball at Michigan. Uh, they're too busy trying to afford their next year for the football team. <laughs> I don't think Penn State's making that big an effort. I mean, they did they have a park? Yeah. Did they did they get rid of it? Did, wasn't it Penn State that got rid of their coach had been there for a long time? But they their schedule... They are continually down in a 200-level RPI. They haven't bothered to ever upgrade their schedule. 
it, about I'm, halfway when I used to do recaps of the Big Ten, and I should start doing those again. I, I, after half the season, I would just say, fuck Penn State. I'm not covering their baseball team because they don't care about it, and they don't. So here, here's a fun fact for you. Penn State's non-conference strength of schedule this year is ranked 249th. Yeah. They have played shit teams such as Monmouth, yeah. uh, Field, UMass Lowell, who is ranked 255th in RPI. And then their midweek games, they just play, like, the biggest bucket of crap, like Bucknell, which is just, I mean, Youngstown State, Pittsburgh, all teams that just are awful. And they're all, they're, they're like, literally walking around in the conference with an anchor dragging attached to your ass. Nice I job, mean, Penn State baseball. Fuck you once again. They they did at least help us win the Big Ten uh, two years ago. That, that did they one, fall down a lot when they did that because that would be normal. Um, it was what twenty one to three was the final game for right. where we scored like nine runs in the first inning, and you're like, oh, we're gonna win the Big Ten, like yippee. I mean, however, other teams aren't necessarily scheduling the best. I mean, the only reason why Rutgers is up there is because they go and play uh, Miami every year and get their ass kicked. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. Purdue, uh, I think, has increased their schedule. Uh, and they, well, they paid for it also. You know, in wins and losses. But we need to talk about Ohio State, who's sitting at 221st in non-conference strength of schedule. They played Bethune-Cookman, Lipscomb, Hawaii, like, hey, we know a thing or two about playing Bethune-Cookman. You know, Hold me out of desperation, Hoss, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'd be surprised. Uh, one of the top non-conference strength of schedules this year belongs to uh, Northwestern. They actually have uh, not played uh, any team below uh, 150. Oh, wait, never mind. They played Chicago State who is absolutely the worst team I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and what did Nebraska beat him one year? It was like, uh, 50 like to three. Yeah. I think it was 50 to three or something like that. Who was that? Harvey, uh, Steve Harvey. No, that that's the guy uh, that screws everything up. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, I can't remember. Whoever had like six home runs in that game, and it was just, it was just a slaughter. I mean... Personally, I think we should bring back the old bats where the ball actually traveled, you know, and we should just make it a more offensive game. Nowadays, you know, only have it scores of like eight to five. We need more runs. Okay, those those bats uh, killed pitchers. I mean, they didn't literally kill them, but they might as well killed pitchers. You know, good. It it makes it a strength in numbers. You know, <laughs> can't tell you. They're, there's only so many pitchers that good teams can throw out there. You know, we have a deep team this year compared to other people on the Big Ten. We have, when you go and you look, you see people that have a good Friday night guy, and then usually their Saturday starter's kind of crap, and their Sunday starter, they're just throwing some slimeball piece of shit out there. And we have three quality guys. I mean, simply, you look at Purdue. Purdue threw three pieces of shit out there, and you wonder why they're not going to make the Big Ten tournament. And then 
we haven't even talked about Illinois yet. Illinois is the biggest question mark of this whole entire Big Ten baseball yeah, season. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand what's going on over there. Tell us, Keith, what's going on at Illinois? You, honestly, no idea. How how does a team who is in the top twenty five uh, almost get shit on, and right now they're in position to be out uh, of the Big Ten tournament? They're uh, only three and six in conference. They get swept at Iowa. They lose a series to Maryland, and then they go on the road and they take two or three from Minnesota. Uh, who knows what happened with Minnesota? Were they drunk? Uh, good question. I would be with that snow up there. Uh, and then they, you lose- know, you know, maybe this is the equivalent of the Big Ten basketball season where everyone is so good they're killing each other. Yeah, except why didn't Nebraska make the tournament if everyone was so good? That, no, this is this year. Huh. Oh, you no. mean basketball? Yeah. Because everybody hates us? I don't think everyone hates Nebraska basketball. No, they do. They do. The powers you know, that be are working against us because they fear the greatness we could be if we were only had the foot taken off our head. Is that it caused the curse is causing the foot to be on our head, and if we could find a person with that foot, we could lift the curse and be off our head, and we would rise to the greatest heights ever. God, it's like I'm can, watching an episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia right now. Can Can I just say uh, Nebraska was highly profitable to bet on in the Big Ten tournament? I mean, I probably won over a thousand bucks on them. Uh, I went out to Vegas and, uh, you know, had to drop money on them when they played Rutgers. I was like, oh, yeah, it's Rutgers. Rutgers sucks. You know, we just can't beat them in the regular season. So let's bet them. And then they, uh, who'd they play after that? Maryland. Maryland. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Maryland has a motivation problem. That's always clear and evident. So it was, you know, let's bet Nebraska again. And then they even managed to cover against uh, Wisconsin. So, I mean, highly profitable Nebraska basketball betting. Are you going to um, send Johnny Trueblood a big box of Dots pretzels, too? No. Uh, my big box of Dots pretzels is safe for uh, Tara McGowan from uh, Mississippi State Women's Basketball. Uh, she won me $900 by blocking a bunch of bitches shots. Uh, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Holy shit, a person... You're, you know, we're going to have you, you're going to have to come back and do an entire podcast about the one fucking guy in the world that makes money betting on college sports. Oh, I dropped five grand on women's basketball. Oh my God. Christ. (laughs) I mean, I thought, by the way, Nebraska has just clinched a win over Omaha eight to five. Gomez with the save, uh, three strikeouts. Very nice. You know? Uh, Omaha business as usual at 60th Dodge tomorrow. You, you, okay, let's, can we go back to that? You, you dropped five grand on women's basketball. Yeah. Um, so here's the, I guess, here's the quick story. Everything Um, else in this podcast just got blown up. I, I guess, um, I was down like four grand. I had made some bad decisions. Um, bad decisions include betting on Texas Southern and one other random freaking school in the SWAC, uh, championship game, uh, to go under 160 points for like 
550 bucks or uh betting on uh Duke to not suck. Uh that was another bad decision. Uh so anyways, I'm like, "Oh, look, they have first round women basketball games." And you they just give you a number. You can't even bet. They don't even have a point total. And they're like, for instance, uh I put 500 bucks on UConn. UConn was a 46-point favorite against someone like Southern. I'm like, okay, UConn's probably going to cover that. You know, they're good. Let's do it. UConn won by, like, 71. I'm like, wow, this is really easy. I'm like, okay, let's just bet on all the, like, number one seeds. (laughs) Right, yeah. Baylor was, like, a 31-point favorite, won by, like, 62. Uh, And, like, this shit, like... You watch the first five minutes of it, and you're like, wow, I don't even have to think about this. This is like handing someone money and then going back and collecting your winnings later, and you don't even have to stress out about it. Well, it's all over now because the secret's out. Yeah. You know, so everyone next year, go and bet all your money on Baylor. Um, they won me $2,700 this uh, past trip to Vegas, and that's only because they would let you only bet $1,000 on each game. Probably because they knew that I would have bet more and they would have lost more. I mean, it really was sad. Uh, the only time I lost was when I bet UConn in the second round against Buffalo. UConn was up to a 26-5 to lead. And then Buffalo. Damn Buffalo. I told UConn the rest of the way. What the hell was UConn doing? Like, all their players just decided to lollygag around and suck. And it was just the most frustrating thing ever. And it, it was awful. But, I mean, women's college basketball betting, great. I bet the only team that I would bet against is Stanford. Because Stanford, who likes Stanford? They live in a whole other country. California shouldn't even be part of America. Get it out of here. Don't make it its own country. <laughs> and you guys thought I was some raving lunatic. This guy is awesome. Oh, my God. The title for this podcast should be just like how to make millions off women's college basketball and college betting and that's it wow okay so uh the guy who won 1.2 million dollars on tiger woods great guy (laughs) yeah i read that (laughs) did you know him personally what oh he had like convictions or something didn't he i mean i didn't know him personally i know someone who knows him though but that's because I spend way too much time in Vegas. This is what happens when you have 3 million credit card rewards points. What else are you going to do? Spend them on flights to go places. Hey, Keith, if you want to gift some points you know, for flight to Boulder, Colorado on uh, September 6th, I'd be much obliged to you. How far is Denver from Boulder? Uh, about an hour. <laughs> this is when you start looking shit up. I can get you to Denver. You can what? I can get you from Omaha to Denver. We're okay. That's it. We're having a coordination reunion in Boulder. <laughs> yeah. Um, here, here's where I tell you that I spent three hundred thousand points to fly seven of my business employees from Detroit to Las Vegas round trip. And uh, you know, now we can just fly. We can just. Why don't we just charter a jet from Omaha? It just goes straight to Boulder. Oh, hell yeah. Now now we're talking. We'll be bougie. Oh, yeah. my God. You know what I'm doing? 
tomorrow I'm ordering a, a fucking semi-load full of Dodge pretzels, and I don't know what I'm doing with it, but I'm selling it to people. Just John, sell it. John, Keith, you're going to get busted for tax evasion. Keith, can we back up a few minutes? I, I want clarification <laughs> on something. <laughs> did, did Do you mean to before your brain exploded? I, I, I want to make sure I heard him correctly, because I don't think I did. I thought... I heard you say that you lost five grand betting on women's college basketball, but you won five grand. I think he did. I lost four grand before on betting on men's. Uh, men's college basketball, highly unprofitable. The people actually know what the hell is going on in that shit. No one watches women's because they say that they aren't a sport. So you won a handsome sum of money betting on women's college basketball. Yes. Okay. That's the only reason why I was able to come home and put a deposit on uh, my wedding venue. Other than that, I was going to have to take out a loan. Well, I'm, I'm I, I, I don't want to know what your wedding venue is. Dude, we're going to start having you on here all the time. We're going to do a weekly segment on Wait, Was your wedding venue Notre Dame before it got burned down? No. No, we looked at uh, the Henry Ford Museum. No, it's a, uh, oh my God. It was a rhetorical question. We we looked at uh, I have to have somewhere that allows fireworks because I have to have a quarter million dollar firework display. Holy shit! You know what? And we have the champagne fountain, uh, uh, the chocolate fondue fountain. Uh, what else we got? Uh, I mean, I you know. had we me at chocolate. I mean, you know, it's still in the planning stages. I've been engaged for three years, and we're finally taking engagement pictures that literally just got done today. You didn't ask me to be your photographer. What the hell, man? He's already sending you a 30-pound box of pretzels. Why do you hate What do you need? I I feel like, okay, a 30-pound box of Dodd's pretzels. Jeez. (laughs) I can do baseball photos once a year, let alone engagement photos. I'm sorry, say that again. You keep turning away from your mic or something. I can barely get baseball photos once a year, let alone engagement photos. Wow. He's shooting everyone dead tonight. That's what wow. he's doing. So uh, we're probably going to have half of our podcast listeners left after this episode because they're going to listen to this and drive off the road into polls. Well, this is going to bring them back. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick timeout. Uh, you may yeah. or may not be aware, uh, average Joe listener, that uh, this past Saturday was the spring game. And I know that Haas was really looking forward to it uh, and had a list of things that he wanted to see. The four of us are going to talk about that spring game when we come back to the Five Heart Podcast right after this. We are back at the Five Heart Podcast. Greg Mahochko, Haas Reuter, John Dam Johnston, Keith Yapel. We have had our minds blown by the magnitude and proportion of Keith's maybe someday wedding because they've been engaged a couple years now and they're just not taking photos. So fingers crossed, but we do know for a fact that the Nebraska spring game was this past Saturday. And, uh, you know, I, I watched the first half was much more exciting than the second half, just because I don't know. I, I felt like it, this is me talking. I, I lost interest in the second half when I realized that, you know, Adrian Martinez was done and uh, you know most of the you know people that we're going to see on the field on Saturdays in the fall were done. Not to say we won't see anybody um, 
But uh, you know what? One of the you know we wanted to keep guys healthy. Hoss. The one question I wanted to ask you: the the phrase that you used over last fall was incremental improvement. What mm-hmm. did you see? Just you know, uh, with the with the eyeball test uh, about uh, Zach Duvall's uh, weight training program, uh, were the guys looking bigger, stronger, faster? Yeah, there were some differences on the offensive and defensive line, but right now, you know, with summer conditioning still out in front of the team, it's kind of hard to tell until we see the final product in the fall. You know, winter conditioning is used for the bulking phase of adding muscle mass, and then summer conditioning is used to, you know, cut down a little bit of excess weight, a little excess fat, and get into game shape. So, but if you want to compare it to how our offensive lines and defensive lines looked under Mike Riley and the latter stages of Bo Pelini and last spring under Scott Frost, they looked a lot different. We actually had athletic looking offensive linemen. Even in, uh, you know, a situation like this where, you know, yeah, there's competition and everybody's trying to, you know, show out and, and, you know, maybe up, you know, make make their uh, highlight reel a little bit nicer, make the coaches think a little bit more about where they should be located on the depth chart. I still felt like, you know, by and large, they're going at about 80 85%. Is that wrong? No, it's not wrong. It's spring game. No one needs to go out there and be a scout team All-American or practice All-American in that setting. You want to keep guys healthy. You want to get good effort, but – you know, guys going 100 miles an hour in a spring game, that's where there's a tendency for things to happen, guys to get hurt. Yeah, it's so not. Best thing that we could hope for happen coming out of the spring with no major injuries. You know, Nick Henrich will be out until fall camp with a shoulder injury, and they held Wandale and JD out for large stretches of spring ball. But, you know, JD's a proven commodity. If Wandale's as good as advertised, there's no reason to rush his uh, hamstring along. But, yeah, about 80 85%, you know, effort. How does Wandale Robinson compare to uh, Rondale Moore? They're pretty similar, you know. They're both – and not only being both from Kentucky, um, he's built similarly to Rondale Moore. They squat about the same. You know, there's that video of Rondale squatting you know, 585 last off season, last summer heading into the football season. Wandale Robinson's already hitting about 525 to 550 on back squat. Similar builds, similar skill sets. So, you know, maybe Nebraska to Purdue is going to be a big old fashion shootout on November 2nd. Uh, and, and a similar, you know, as you said, Haas, uh, old fashioned shootout, but with similar, uh, potential performances from from some of those you know smaller smaller guys yeah i look for us to use you know the duck r position frost offense that we, uh wide receiver eye back hybrid position we use that position very similarly to how jeff brom uses rondale moore at purdue um, in a lot of ways nebraska's offense and purdue's offense are near images of one another we utilize a little bit more of the quarterback run game than Purdue does. But, like, you know, it wouldn't shock me if Nebraska-Purdue was a high-scoring 
you know, affair. Maybe not to the extent of 2014 TCU Baylor with a final score 61-58, but, you know, 48-45 kind of game. Okay, well, I, I got back after doing two lines of Coke and spending some time weeping over that whole wedding picture comment. John, life's tough the hell. It is. It is. It's, it's uh, the damn young people. So, okay, so you thought they had 85%. I thought we were sloppy. There were a lot we of penalties. Were. We were, and it's, you know, it's a spring game. and It's okay. When you have the absolute worst ref in the Big Ten Conference, Ron Snodgrass, officiating. He was the official for last year's Nebraska-Purdue game that was just some of the calls were complete and utter bullshit in that game. Interference on a fake punt. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. You are literally talking about an official during a scrimmage. I, you know what's even this worse? This is a level I, of anger that other fan bases cannot even comprehend. You know what's even worse? I didn't even have to wait to get home to see the DVR of it to realize it was him. On the first penalty of the game, I heard the voice, and I just turned to my brother-in-law, and I was like, it's that goddamn Ron Snodgrass. I, you know, it's bad when you know all the Big Ten officials by name, like before they put their name on the screen for the first penalty of a game. It's like, ah, damn it, we got John O'Neill. Wow. John O'Neill isn't the worst one. He's not the worst, but some of his calls are pretty, uh, pretty bananas. Oh, God. Was it John O'Neill who was the referee for uh, Nebraska-Michigan State where uh, he uh, had to say, where they basically reviewed it to see if there's any contact? Was that John O'Neill? Yeah, I think that it was, was John O'Neill. The uh, illegal touching on Brandon yeah. Riley's touchdown. Yeah, that was John O'Neill. See, John O'Neill did a good job. See, it's that way. It's like, John, I know, you know, John O'Neill, Don Caprone, who um, was the retired one who now does Fox Sports uh, work? Is the uh, Carl Hess? Uh, no, no, no. That's basketball. Oh, Bill okay. Lamontier, Ron Snodgrass. It's sad when you know the refs and how they call a game. <laughs> wow. And I just hate referees. Agreed. Like Bobby yeah. Knight. It's sad how many of them you know. Yeah, because they all make shit calls. The game moves really fast. If only you stood in their shoes, you could understand their plight. I just want a concrete definition in this conference of what is holding and what is pass interference. Okay, I did the article this year on what is holding. There is no holding. And I'm a former offensive lineman. Like It's not holding if you don't get caught. If you have your hands right. inside the chest plate. That's what they teach you from day one. But when... You're watching Carlos Davis get the sleeve on his jersey stretched out from all the way to Gothenburg. You know, by you didn't read my article about Big Ten and holding, did you? No, I probably It's it's been a long school year, John. Okay, well, the Big Ten doesn't call holding. They just don't call holding. It's not against Nebraska. It's against everyone. But we can bring that up later. I want to name drop. Can I name drop? Yes. Because last week I said on the podcast, I said my goal was go down and get some good photos and really try to introduce myself to people. And uh, and uh, let's see, what else did I say? Uh, you know, get some shots of people that we can use in our articles. And I did a lot of just still like player shots. And, 
You know who I, I didn't get a good shot of Eric Chenander the entire freaking time and really bugged me. But I walked up to Mario Verduzco and I talked to him for a little bit. And I did say uh, that my writers would be very upset that he did not have an unlit cigar. <laughs> what did the old ball coach say? He looked at me and he said, if I came out here with an unlit cigar, Scott Frost would kill me. So okay. he could have lit it, I suppose. Yeah, well, we didn't go there. Uh, I'll leave some, I'll leave the other part of the conversation for the slack room just to oh. titillate people because that's you're, what you're I do. It's a titillating it. thing. Awesome. But, uh, he, you know, he left that conversation. He had to go do something, and he turned and he looked at me, and he said, if you need anything, you let me know. And I thought – yeah, because I'm special. Okay, so I'm standing on the field, and Nate, our guy that's going to be in the press box, is standing next to me, and Bill Moose walks up, and I stuck my hand out, and I said, Bill Moose, my name is John Johnston. I run the terrible website, Corn Nation. We probably are the guys that give you indigestion. And he looks at me, and he goes, well, I might have to check that out then. And I said, the good news is uh, we make fun of all of our opponents all of the time or at least as much as possible. And he smiles, and he, he goes, well, I can't do it, so I guess i got to depend on you guys. I like this guy. Huh? I like and number one, number one, that's a great sense of humor from a guy that's just not got some schmo who honestly, there was social media pictures taken to me and put on social media, and I looked at him, and I looked at me, and I thought, good God, that guy looks like a homeless addict. <laughs> Ehrlich. Yeah, I saw that picture. Good of God, Ray. John, it's a camera. I, You're supposed to smile at it. I don't know how to smile. I have to learn how to smile. I thought I'm smiling. I'm doing the look from the guy from Up, where his lips is <laughs> constant grumpy. You know, I, I think I'm smiling. Like Javier Bardem from No Country for Old Men, just kind of banking. <sighs> anyway, Bill Moose, great sense of humor. Love the guy. Love the guy. Uh, let's see. Introduce myself to Fred Hoiberg. I said, why'd you come here anyway? And he said, a lot of people ask me that question. And uh, he inhaled, which gave pause. And I said, you want a statue built, don't you? And he goes, no, I don't want no statue. And I said, come on, admit it. You want a statue. (laughs) And he looked at me and he said the best PR line back to me. And he goes, he looked at me and he said, I wouldn't mind a statue for my grandfather, Jerry Bush. And I thought, this fucking guy is a statesman. <laughs> he really is. I mean, when you see, I mean, go look at the photos I took him, the photos everybody takes him. When he stood out there on the field and waved and, you know, just stood there, he honest to God, that guy said, I'm not going to be the governor. I'm going to be the president. You just go, you are the thing that America needs, man. Of course, Nebraska basketball needs you more than that. So, Fuck being the president. You can be like the brass basketball coach that wins an NCAA tournament game, right? But when you look at him, he's just so disgustingly put together. It's gross. Do you have a crush on Fred Hoiberg? You know, we could go there. We'll see how he does. We'll see how he does. Are you saying? But I mean, literally, when you look at him through a camera and you're going, this guy just knows how to pose. He knows how to stand in front of people and look commanding. Are you Some saying people that, could do that without taking a breath. 
Are, are you saying that Fred Hoiberg is not necessarily the coach that we deserve, but he's the one we need right now? I want to think that he's the one that we deserve. Yeah, I'm not sure. That he's we... the one that could take that foot, literally with his with his Atlas-like strength and say, foot, get off my head and take this curse from whatever this is and do it. Do it through the universe until it collides with Mars or so something. Is gonna, so is it going to be like something, you know, where he brings Lazarus back from the dead, Lazarus being the Nebraska basketball program? I, I'll go with that. Oh, which reminds me is uh, I, yeah, I also introduced myself to Damon Benning, and I was shocked that he, he looked really happy to meet me. And you know when I I when I look at me I'm not happy to meet me you know what I mean, but he looked he goes thank you thank you for introducing yourself and even as he left the room to go do the television broadcast he said thanks for t- saying hi John and I'm like I, now I'm terrified I'm like what the hell I figured this guy would go God why did you touch my hands anyway you haven't said anything bad about him, have we. No, but I, you know, I never, I'm self-conscious. I know that I, I, I know that I don't project self-consciousness, but sometimes when you're around a lot of media people and you're around like, I don't know, Fred Hoiberg, possible savior of the state with basketball, you're like, should be kind of like, I don't know, cowering in fear of your own inadequacies as a human being, right? But I, you know. And then when people are really nice to me, I get a, like all nervous, like, oh, God, the next guy's going to come in really drunk and uh, beat the shit out of me or something. Anyway, the best part of the weekend was, Keith, you'll appreciate this. What? Greg Sharp. Because I always talk to Greg Sharp, and I love Greg Sharp. He has a voice like Greg, our Greg. Aww. You know what I mean? They have that voice. They have that voice that sounds like they, they're they supposed to be there. I sound like some guy that, you know, again, that's kind of like. Didn't you say that I have drawl last week? Well, you do. You and Doc Sadler would get along fine. Oh, man. Yeah, Doc's my guy, man. Yeah, yeah. I also met him. Uh, but uh, Greg Sharp watched, walked up and punched me on the arm like I was one of the guys. Huh? Huh? I love Greg Sharp. I will always love Greg Sharp. What? But why? Why what? Why did he punch you? Like, did did he have you met him before, or did he just? Oh like... yeah, yeah. I always oh, okay. talk to Greg Sharp. Oh. I've talked to him for quite a while now. I mean, I'm not mentioning anybody really that I haven't talked to gotcha. before. Like, the, okay. you know what I mean? A bunch of those guys know me. They talk to me now. That's fine. You know, they're very cordial people. Some of them, you know, we banter back and forth and stuff. And then now, because I don't sit in the press box, I go down and shoot. I talk to the photographers more than I do the press box guys. But uh, no, he, I, you know, we spent some time talking about uh, Nebraska baseball when I was at Minnesota because we had time to kill. And, and he punched me in the arm and he said, we're a good team this year. And I was like, oh, God, I'm. I'm never going to wash the shoulder, but I did. <laughs> you know, my memory is shitty, and it's the kind of thing I forget. You know, it's kind of like Bill Moose shakes your hand, and you go, I'm never washing that hand. And then later, you're just like licking it because you spilled some beer, some beer on it. Anyway. So you didn't act or talk like this in front of any of them, did you? 
Uh, no, I did the, uh, I run the terrible website called Coordination thing. <laughs> that That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Because I figured, you know, the way to start out a conversation when you look like a derelict is to just start going, I'm a derelict and I know it, okay? Hey, you, you What's up? Do you have any strong feelings on Mike Cannon? What's up? Do you have any strong feelings on Mike Cannon? Who's Mike Cannon? You don't know Mike Cannon? He's a referee. Oh, for the, the Big Ten. Is- yeah, the name's hitting me now. I can't place his face, though. I think he was uh, did a detective show in the 70s. I think he had Michigan, uh, Ohio State this past uh, year. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about now. Um, was he for the national championship? Yep, yep, he was. Bama-Clemson? Yeah. Seven. So he can't be that bad. I mean, I just, you know... Again, you gotta take it with a grain of salt. I despise referees. Oh, have you ever been ejected from a sporting contest? What was that? Have you ever been ejected from a sporting contest? No, but I got a flag thrown on me in junior varsity football because I disagreed with the call, and in the huddle said that the uh, ref was a hometown crew and that he was homering us. <laughs> 15 yards in sportsmanlike conduct following a 15-yard roughing the passer penalty by yours truly, who definitely knew that the ball had already left the quarterback's hand. I, uh... I oh, gonna, there's some evil in you! I just wanted to hit a quarterback. <laughs> who I was a defensive tackle. Didn't get a lot of sack opportunities. Yeah. I, uh... I didn't get thrown out of any uh, sporting contest, but when I was... Uh, doing high school athletics uh, on the radio up in Shadron, I uh, was quite vocal uh, about the uh, uh, disagreeing with the officials of any sport, be it baseball, basketball, football. Uh, if I disagreed with them, certainly I knew better and uh, uh, made sure that I uh, clarified the injustice to my listeners. Uh, but I'll never forget, I think it was 2005, we were, it was a Saturday, uh, a doubleheader, uh, out, out in western Nebraska, if anybody's not familiar, and maybe it's in, it like this in eastern Nebraska as well, but because of the distance that you have to travel, uh, the, the uh, high school you know, varsity girls basketball and boys basketball plays the same night. Uh, you know, usually it's uh, the girls varsity, and then, you know, 20 minutes later, the, the boys will, varsity will play. Uh, and, and, of course, I'm broadcasting them both. And it honestly looked like they found some guys off the street, handed them some striped shirts, and said, hey, we, we need y'all uh, gomers to go out there and be some officials. The uh, referee shirts that they had on did not even have the, what is it, the NHSAA? Uh, is that the governing body in, in Nebraska? Yeah, yeah, the NSAA. NSAA. They didn't even have the uh, patches on the arms. It looked like they just went to a sporting goods store and bought them and handed them to uh, – uh, their, their cousins and said, Hey, uh, just, you know, which team's the home team, just make sure you blow the whistle. Uh, and, and so I, I was quite vocal, uh, it, about my disdain for, uh, the officials in, in Grant, Nebraska on that particular Saturday, both in the girls varsity and boys varsity games. And, uh, um, never went back to Grant. I'm just going to say that. Probably. I got, out of one sporting event in my life, and that was because I thought that running track was like NASCAR. 
And I decided that I could go block people wherever I felt like it. What? <laughs> we, what? We, we were running like a relay, like an 800 relay, and we were like four by 800. And instead of letting this guy pass me, I just blocked him lanes one through eight and wouldn't let him pass me. And uh, they said that that wasn't allowed and they disqualified us. You know, I guess, guess it's not like NASCAR. I didn't know. No, no buff draft either. No, no one told me. Yeah, no one told me you can't bump draft. I got spiked. You know, why did that kid get disqualified? He bump drafted my ass, or he just hobbled my ass. Yeah, there is. I did ran. I ran track. I remember guys spiking each other and stuff like that. I think that they just didn't like the look of your face. They'll go loose. That guy later on in life, I've seen the future. I have a dot pretzel control of the half the universe that fuck that guy yeah, all right well guess what people i just finished our freaking article about baseball good job see Woo-hoo. we're all productive tonight uh i think that'll do it for this episode keith you're gonna have to come back and uh and give us more gambling tips uh down the road uh not that you know we hey if, if you're gonna gamble everybody we encourage you to uh Gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling don't. addiction, something, 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 1-800, I don't know that number. Uh, but if you just have an excess of money and you want to give it away, give it to us. You can head out, You can buy a shirt. You can buy the newest shirt. Mind you, that is one state, five heart. You might, you might say that it's similar to a, a more official athletic department shirt. I don't know. I think it's completely different, but you can check it out. Jitterymonkey.com slash shop. Uh, you can see the design actually when you see this post on social media, uh, be it Facebook or Twitter. Coordination uh, is the, the uh, obviously the Facebook account on uh, and Twitter account. Also, you can see it on uh, Five Heart Podcast, and uh, that is uh, spelled out on Facebook or the number Five Heart Podcast on Twitter. Uh, check out, buy the shirt, support the show, uh, because we've got bills to pay. Uh, and, and believe me, it's coming Master's to, to pay for yeah, that too. Uh, but it's coming time for, uh, all of my web hosting and, and the domain name bills to, to come up. So if you can buy a couple shirts, there's also the Iowa sucks shirt. And I'm working on one just for the youngins, the youngest of the youngins, uh, it's going to be perfect for uh, next November, and it's going to be uh, uh, just a maybe something on the front that says Five Heart Podcast or something, but on the back, it's going to have an arrow pointing down to the diaper, and it's going to say, I made in Iowa, and, uh, and oh, it's going to I be- thought it was going to be something like, don't do cocaine, you bastards. No, it's gonna. I said it's for the youngest oh, okay. of the young. It's it's referring. Well, that's a good. Yeah, that's where you start. Yeah, it's it's for it's referring to I told Iowa. My kids when it was they were like two years old. And don't forget when we score fifty on Iowa this year, we need to make half a hundred shirts. I, I've I'm I'm working on the fifty burger shirt design, Hoss. One at a time. One at a time. Or fifty. Already. All right, so that is our show. Uh, again, thanks to Keith for joining us. And, and Keith, you'll come back. Now that you've been on the show, you'll come back. You won't be uh, afraid and, and ignore my Skype notification for a year. Yeah, it's so past my bedtime, people. <laughs> oh, my God, you're so young. Yeah, I'm young, and I have a business thrown with employees who suck. And we haven't even begun to talk about that shit. 
And it, it's it's an hour ahead. He's in the Eastern time zone. Let's not forget. And uh, go. Yes. I encourage everybody Google uh, Dots Pretzels, and you can find out where they sell Dots Pretzels, Dots Homestyle Pretzels near you. I googled it just to find out. I found three other stores in my area uh, that I didn't know. So that's I thought we were supposed to let them. They're supposed to go to Amazon and buy Dots Pretzels to give this filthy bastard more money than he's already got. What what was that? 1,700 people? Early 1,704 in the hour that we've been podcasting. Oh, look, 1,848. Someone just bought some Whoppers. Wait, wait, I'm I'm confused. Do you work for Dots or do you work for Amazon? Uh, I do Amazon. I do more than just Dots. Oh, okay. So he works for Amazon. All right, never mind. Uh, carry on and and order from Amazon. I order from Amazon. I got to order from Amazon yet tonight. I need a couple more microphones for the Cape Comic Con coming up next week. They'll be rushed to my door in just a couple of days. And that is it for this uh, episode of the Five Heart Podcast. My name is Greg Mahachko for Haas Reuter, John Dam Johnston, Keith Yapel. We remind you this week and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. John. Go big red. Wow. <laughs> Win the damn off season. And shop online at Amazon.com. <laughs>This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com.